Hey everybody, Michael June here with Game Changers for Government Contractors. I've got Lynn with me here today. Lynn, before we jump in and start talking about things, why don't you give everybody a quick overview of who you are, where you work, and what you do? Well, thank you for having me. My name is Lynn Livengood. I work for Periton out of Reston, Virginia. I have been doing small business probably 25 plus years wow. now in all kinds of reporting, trade fairs, helping small businesses get on contracts, that type of thing. So you primarily work in the small business office as a liaison between them and Periton, right? Correct. I want to kind of frame today while we're going to be talking about how it works in your company and how you work as that liaison. I think people should understand that this is how a lot of big companies work. So if you're trying to approach these big companies, this is kind of a roadmap to helping you work with them. This is what really attracted me to doing this podcast. We get a lot of questions about this and we often have a lot of answers about it, but we don't often have the big folks on here backing that up. So it'll be interesting as we go through that to just kind of hear your perspective and let people hear that. Why don't we start off with probably the most basic question most people are ever going to ask is how do companies of all socioeconomic categories and statuses and all that, how do they best approach your company to become a subcontractor vendor with you? First of all, I would say, again, it doesn't matter what socioeconomic category you are, there is a boilerplate type approach. And this is like you said earlier, it's not just Periton, but it's pretty much all large businesses. This is probably going to sound so simple, but so many people don't do this. Please know what the company does. For example, Periton, what do we do? Well, we do cyber. We work with government agencies. We do not build ships. So if you're a shipbuilder, please don't approach Periton. And that seems so simple, but people don't know. And a lot of young companies just starting out who have their sights set on, you know, wanting to work with the big guys in industry. It's not that easy to just approach us. You have to have some sort of capabilities that are possibly a niche. You need to know who we work with. And in our case, Periton works with just about every federal agency out there. So once you learn who our customers are, what we provide, then approach us with your solution. Tell us about your capabilities. How long have you been in business? Again, I mentioned that niche. What separates you from your company A from company B? Why would I pick you? Is it because you have some proprietary information? Is it because your rates are so outstandingly low? We'd be silly not to call on you. Those types of things. I think that's really important. That's probably the number one thing we always talk about is like the research going in and having a conversation that is more than, Hey, I'm a new small fill in the blank status. And we're really good at what we do. And you should work with us exactly. into some contracts. That is so often the spiel that you're going to get. Give us an idea and I'm not going to hold you to the number like on a ballpark, whether it's either a month or a year, how many people approach you the small business office wanting to work with you? Just a ballpark. Ballpark, at least two companies a day. Wow. At least two a day. That's a lot. I mean, that could be 40, 50, 60 companies a month that are all fighting to try to work with you. That's a number I hadn't really thought about as we were going in this conversation. It just jumped in my head. I'm like, how many people are you having to sift through to figure out, are they legitimate? Do exactly. they actually have a niche? 
Can they survive if we work with them? Can they deliver on what they're saying? Do you have any recommendations on not necessarily a template to use, but what are some things that I could communicate to you that makes you feel like I am legit? I have to feel like when you're getting bombarded with that many people, it's kind of like a bank loan officer where you're like sifting through the, I don't want to say the lies, but you're sifting through the people that are kind of BSing you, right? I mean, there's people that are like, I'm brand new. Yesterday I was a plumber. Today I Bonus of your security company and you should work with me because I have 35 years experience, right? You're going to get that. So like, what are maybe a couple of things that help me stand out in a crowd of 60 companies that are approaching mm-hmm. you in a month? If you're struggling with your government contracting business, I want to encourage you today to go sign up for a free coaching session with me. You can go in the description of this podcast. There's a link to my calendar and you can go pick a time where we can sit down for 30 minutes to talk about what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you should change. And then if coaching makes sense for you, I'll actually go over the options on how you can get started with coaching so we can take your business to the next level. Now let's get back into this episode. I think the most important one is going to be past performance. What have you done, small business, whether it's just you as a company, if you've teamed with other small businesses and worked with them, what agencies have you worked with? What was your delivery? Were you on time? Were you capable of saying, yes, I can do this and meet the commitment? Because like you stated earlier, it's not so much the lies, it's Small businesses are so hungry that they will say, oh, we can do anything you need us to do. No, you can't. No, you can't. For me, and I think it kind of works both ways. If I had a small business approach me and say, hey, Lynn, I really want to do artificial intelligence, but I've only been in this for about three months. Do you think there's an opportunity for me? I would probably come back and tell them, no, not at this juncture. I would say, maybe you need to build your past performance, find other small businesses to team with and build your capabilities up that way. For me, it's the honesty part. I'm going to tell you straight out because I don't want to waste your time. Don't send me all your capability statements and don't print a lot of nice stuff and send in the mail because it doesn't work that way anymore. It's building on your relationships. And it may take, you know, a small business talking to me or me introducing them to my business development people. It could take two to five years to actually get a deal. Oh, wow. That is a great number. I'm really glad you shared that. I just did a podcast the other day talking about the marathon mindset that you need and how I think three to five years was was the number we used because it is a marathon. It's not the sprint. So you mentioned something that sparked another question there of let's assume for a minute that I am new with my business, so, but I've been in the industry for years. How do you view those companies with their owner's past performance, but the company doesn't have any? What do you think about those companies and how do they they fit in with your small business strategy? That's really a good question. Very important. We do look highly upon that because you're going to have a lot of people who have worked in the agencies, especially, and I'm just using cyber a lot today. It could be any agency, but you have someone who's got a top secret security clearance. And that's what is so hard for us to find, not just Periton, but cleared personnel. Those people stand out. Yeah. So you're a one-man company right at this time, but maybe we've got a slot for a one-man company on a project. So yeah, what their past performance personally is definitely carries a lot of weight. 
That's good to know. And I think that helps people that are saying, well, I don't have any company past performance yet. Maybe they're early listening to this podcast thinking, well, this is not going to work. But now you just kind of turn that for them. And that's good. And they're most likely going to self-perform on that, exactly. but, but then get some past performance for the company. So you've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but talk to me a little bit about what your expectations are for small businesses that you work with. And maybe vice versa, like what are some of the expectations they should have of you that when they're working with your company? I guess I have to stress that our small business office is very small. There's only two of us in there. So you can imagine being inundated by requests. Patience, please be patient. We will respond yeah. to you. It may not be the next day. And I know it's interesting. A lot of times my competimates is one of the words we use are frenemies. Yeah. Like at the other big companies, they'll say, oh, and we swear, we promise we're going to respond to you within 48 hours. Well, guess what? This is real life. It doesn't always work that way. So I would expect people to be patient. I will say the squeaky wheel does get a little bit more attention. You're going to get a lot of companies, again, who are just starting out and it's kind of like they're just mass mailing anybody and everybody just to see if, you know, to get a hit. Keep coming back and saying, hey, please give me a try. This is what I can do. Let's set up a meeting. We can talk to discuss. And then based on that and what they know about us, hey, guess what? I know Periton's working on XYZ at Homeland Security. I want to get on that contract. Well, if you want to get on an existing contract, it's pretty hard. You need to get on it way up front. And that's where your homework really starts. But you never know. There could be an opportunity to add new people. Again, it could be a one person slot and that company would be the one to get fit. I would expect small businesses or any business to come prepared, willing to put in the work and the effort, and you'll get the same back from us. Do you have a recommendation? Because you talked about the speed of getting back to people. Do you have a recommendation on the best way to reach out to you? Is it phone? Is it email? Is it a form on the website? What do you prefer? Because we have to by not so much regulation, but by audit requirement from our defense contract management agency, we have to have a database. We have to say that yes and show we are providing a good faith effort. So every company's got a database. Please register there. It is a sourcing tool. We are able to go into it and search by capability. For us, the best way is to send us an email and it's Paraton Small Business at Paraton.com. And that goes straight to my and my colleagues' emails and we can respond to you from there. Calling is hard just because we're doing a million other things. And if you're calling randomly, unless you have a setup appointment, you're going to probably not get the full attention that you need and want to talk about. You probably think, well, gosh, she wasn't very nice or I didn't get what I want answered. Go through the email process, request a meeting, and then go from there. That yeah. works best for us. Yeah. I'm an email person myself because, you know, I'm doing, like you said, a zillion different things and it's just so much easier. But, you know, my partner, Josh, is a phone call thing. Like he'll say, instead of sending me an email, he'll say, just give me a call. And I'm like, how do you operate like that? No. <laughs> what kind of madness is that to just stop what you're doing in the middle of something and take a phone call? You know, my day is so scheduled out that if you send me an email, then I can work it into my schedule. But if it's a phone call, I'm going to send you to voicemail and then it may get lost in the shuffle. It's just one of those things. Talk to me a little bit about the mentor protege programs and how your company approaches that, maybe even kind of what's required to be considered for that. Because I know for a lot of small companies, and I talk to a lot of them about this and say, look, I know this is the holy grail for you, 
but you don't even know what the program does, but yet you've been told you need a mentor protege program. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and kind of educate folks on how you work those programs and how people get considered for it. I'll start with the greatest one that I, in my personal opinion is, it's the Department of Defense Mentor Protege Program. And why do I feel that way? Because you're helping the warfighter, number one. That's their number one goal. They also have three different types of mentor protege agreements. There is a credit agreement, there is a reimbursable agreement, and then there's a hybrid agreement. When I say reimbursable, people's eyes light up because for us as a large business, every labor dollar we spend up to $250,000 a year, we Paraton get reimbursed for mentoring that small business. A credit program means it's kind of out of the goodness of your heart. The costs are all on the mentor, whether it be a large company or a small. So it's out of the goodness of your heart. But what is it that is the benefit of it? Well, the benefit is that you want this small business to stay small, become a large prime contractor. And then in turn, they are able to bid on, let's say, woman owned, they're woman owned, they can do set asides, and then we could be a subcontractor to them. I really enjoy the Mentorate the Protege program through DOD. The other programs, some of the federal agencies have their own mentor protege program. For example, FAA, they have their own. The rest of them, and I'm lumping that, fall under the Small Business Administration's mentor protege program. And that is the all small program through SBA. We are only allowed to have a certain number of proteges at one time and that is three and it is a credit only program. It is also possible to enter into a joint venture through the All Small program, but to get into either type of these programs within Paraton, you've had to number one, hold a federal government contract for at least one year, work with Paraton as a subcontractor, active subcontracting for at least one to two years. Size of your company should be at least 30. Why 30? Why did I pick that random number? Because we have found in the past and over all the years that I've done this, if you have a company that's a protege and there's only like five people in it or 10 people, we're mentoring you. You're going to go to training. You are going to be out of the office. And the people that are most likely going to be out of the office are the owners, the people in your C-suite. So if they're gone, who's running the company? So that's why that number, is it negotiable? Yes, but normally 20 to 30 people. Those are kind of the minimum guidelines that we run by first. Again, based on what NASA, DHS, DOD is looking for, that's how we would pick a protege. I love that you started off by talking about the DOD program because out of the two, or the two main ones that you covered there, I know there's like you said, there's yeah. more FAA, DOE, a lot of them have their own. I love the DODs and people don't even know it exists for the most part. Most people only know about the all small program. And I'm like, look, the DOD one was first and I feel like it's better. And yet you don't even know about that one. I think it's really good for people to hear this perspective of, hey, I can only have three of these at a time and I'm being bombarded with 30, 40, 50 people a month trying to get in our business. Think about that, how competitive that is for you to do that and why, like that's not the end all be all for a small business. It's a great opportunity. What is your take on the joint venture side? You, you touched on that briefly, like what would spur you to jump into a joint venture with a company? 
first of all, again, you'd have to have a mentor protege agreement through SBA. And then to enter into a joint venture, again, it all comes down to relationship. What type of programs are you going to be chasing? The joint venture is the one who has the 51% of it. And then we can enter into those set aside contracts under a small business. So that's very glamorous for us. It keeps us in the game. A lot of times you're going to start seeing, well, at least I've seen over the past, you know, 10 years or so, the government is now starting to pull contracts apart, unbundle them, but yet give them and set aside some of the work that us large businesses have done in the past is now set aside specifically for small. And small can't always do that. So again, in that whole joint venture role or mentor protege role, get them to be the 51% in the relationship and then team together on the types of contracts. One of the themes that you've had with all of this one was really having your act together, you know, kind of paraphrasing, <laughs> having your act together, having a relationship with your company, people not just jumping in. You know, I always talk about how you need to date first before you get married, because a lot of these people yeah. are like, well, let's just go get a mentor protege program, or let's just go form a joint venture. And I'm like, you don't even know them. So guess yeah. what? They don't know you. They don't know if they can trust you. Why don't you team? Because you can team with unlimited number of companies and you can test them out and have those relationships and people just want to skip that step. It really benefits the big and the small to team on two or three contracts, like you said, for a year. See if you like working together, how you work together. Because maybe you love the company, but maybe you're just not a fit with that project manager or whatever, right? There's all kinds of things that happen. So maybe you don't want to focus on that agency anymore. You want to go to a different agency. There's all kinds of little things like that. I'm glad you talked about having all of that experience. It boils down to that relationship word that people don't like because it takes too long to build the relationship, right? Uh, That's so true. Because yeah. when you think about it, you've got the big companies and they're very, very risk averse. They've got deep pockets but they're very risk averse. Yeah. Any final like words of wisdom for folks that are, are trying to enter the market and they're trying to work with a prime? I don't know, maybe you have a handful of things you're like, here, here are my top three tips for working with us that maybe that you haven't covered or maybe something you want to reiterate. Again, patience, I think that's my number one, just because everyone is so busy. And with the remote work environment now, it's crazy busy. Perseverance. Patience, perseverance, just continue to beat the drum, come back, attend, find out where we're at. And normally we have that on our website or on an email. It will tell you, for example, we just attended the government procurement conference, downtown Washington, DC, and we were had a booth there. So those type of things, the vets conference, we're out and about, we attend matchmaking events. So find out where we're at. And it's not just us in the small business office either. It's our our business development people. It's our capture people. They're out and about all the time. So that's where you kind of want to start how we used to say back in the day, walk the halls. That's really good. I do have a question to hear I, as we're talking. How do you view the company that comes to you and says, I've got eight capabilities? I know you've got to have those, the ones that show up and they're like, we do janitorial, cybersecurity, and we supply plumbing parts. When I get those, I just kind of say you need to focus. Again, it comes back to knowing what your company does. And Periton does not need, in your example, janitorial or planters or anything like that or plumbing. So focus on what we do and what we do well, and then align yourself to that. 
I just look at it as it's such a turnoff for somebody who is specialized in an area. Now, if they're approaching you and your company happened to do janitorial cybersecurity and plumbing, they would be like a really unique piece of the puzzle that you exactly. would love to talk to. But when it doesn't fit anything you do, but yet they want to talk about it. I had somebody the other day that was like, I know that they only do cybersecurity, but I really want them to understand how good we are at plumbing. And I'm like, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. And if you go in there with that as part of your pitch, they are not going to want to work with you. They might be nice to you, but they're going to be like red flags all over the place. This yeah. company is fixated on something that we don't even do. And they're going to keep bringing me RFPs because I had a company that was doing that. They were like, hey, I know they don't do this. That would be really good support for us on this plumbing contract. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're killing me. I say one other thing that I know even my counterparts at other companies, please, small businesses, do not lead with, I am a small disadvantaged business. You need me. No, we don't. Yeah, we do have goals. Yes, we would like that everybody fits all our socioeconomic categories. Lead with your capabilities. Lead with your performance. Then, oh, by the way, I also happen to be SDB. And then you go, wow, this is great. That's a great tip. I really appreciate you throwing that one in. You have echoed a lot of the things that we say all the time. So hopefully oh, good. people that have been listening to the podcast go, it's not just Mike. It really is, you know, some of these bigger <laughs> companies. I really appreciate that. As always, I will have all of your contact information on the website for folks. I just wanted to thank you for coming on and talking about this today. It's a great discussion. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.